Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, where we discourse without the remorse. I'm Matt. And I am Nate. And today we're going to talk about minimalism, materialism, and more of that junk, because it is junk, <laughs> with our good friend John Schneck. But first, we haven't read an email in a while. Let's read some emails. Sure. We got some uh, troll mail from Jed Payne. He says, Nate and Matt, what's up, y'all? Just listened to what's today's up, episode, and it inspired me to reach out. Found y'all through Bad Christian slash Emery and discovered the classic crime when you released What Was Done Volume 1 and got hooked. And he says, this next bit is going to be kissing Matt's ass. Dude, I'm a recovered heroin slash meth addict, and your song God and Drugs was so accurate, I literally Googled, is Matt McDonald an alcoholic? Because I would swear you were one of us. That's exactly how my addiction manifested, chasing a chemical version of the divine. And God, how empty is it? So, great, great job. I'm over two years sober now. Congrats, Jed. And got into podcasts this go-around for sobriety, as I finally started taking my faith seriously and was looking into things to expand it. Also, inspired me and my buddy uh, to start our own podcast from the perspective of being uh, Christian, drug addicts, and members of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's called Church and Other, Other Drugs. Look for it soon. I say that to say, episodes like the most recent, I think he was talking about um, the snow drifting one that I did about yeah. uh, Vocal Few EP. It says, uh, those episodes keep inspiring me to create when I encounter roadblocks or shortcomings. Trying to figure out podcasting is weird and tough, and I was ready to say, screw it. But stuff like what you guys do keeps me going. So for what it's worth, you two have a hand in changing the life of some 29-year-old dude in Lafayette, Louisiana. And thank you Crazy. for it. We'll be Patreoning it up after the holidays. May God bless you all the best, Jed Payne. Thank you, Jed. I'm Jed, s- man, that was crazy. Congrats on sobriety, man. That's really cool. And no, I'm not uh, an alcoholic, at least not a registered one. Man, but- you know, it's it's funny. <laughs> you, you never really think, you never really know. I mean, it's a podcast. So you never really know to the level of which it hits people. Right. Um. And it's same with music. I was thinking about the other day, I popped on my record and I was driving, just kind of listening to it again after everything's been said and done and came out six months ago. Just kind of rehashing, listening to stuff and going, it's weird to me to think, even after all these years, people pop in an album of mine and and the vocals of mine and sing along. It still doesn't feel like it actually happens. You know what I mean? Do you ever get that way? you ever think about that? Like someone's singing along to my voice somewhere in America or somewhere in the world. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know i just it it never really f- it never really seems to it's always seems like like this weird dream right happened, it's not really you know? yeah exactly it's not real and then it is it is real it happens yeah, and we're thankful but. people do it uh we got some new uh patrons this week on patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls nate would you like to welcome our new patrons yeah jason reinhold david zilverberg ken mccarthy guys this is awesome. Ken M is uh, one of our highest patrons. He, hey, he, he emailed me about this, though, Matt. He did. His his payment got declined because his uh, his card got hacked. Well, I figured so, I figured he was trolling us with his that, <laughs> Patreon support because he pledged twenty five dollars a month and then it got declined. And I was like, typical Ken M trolling <laughs> nonstop. He can't help himself but troll us. But that's oh, awesome. That's funny. That, I was really encouraged that he that he decided to support the podcast. And yeah, even if yeah. it was declined, I still I still thought it was awesome. Yeah, guys, Ken M was our guest a couple shows ago. 
the greatest, friendliest troll of all time, most famous internet troll, also the nicest troll. Go support Ken M because he's rad. He's awesome. He supports our show. Heck, we uh, we have a lot of thanks to say to Ken M, but there's one more. Brendan Cloyd. Yeah, Brendan is a friend of mine, so he's he's got on board. Hi, Brendan. Thanks for uh, supporting oh, the show. Appreciate that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, Matt, your mom and all your friends support our show. That's I, awesome that they they know I'm broke, so they're trying to help out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why? But you don't need money if you don't need material possessions. That's, and that's right. What this is all about. Dude, I got a funny, really, really quick story to tell you though about today when I was I went shopping today. Um, to get in the spirit of minimalism, I walked around Target and the whole strip mall for for like an hour and a half with my 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 mother in law. Watched the kids, and my wife and I had our first date in months. Nice. Because our, our uh, youngest is old enough now to kind of stay with grandma for a couple hours. Right. So, dude, this is funny. So, have you ever been in TJ Maxx? Yeah, I've been in TJ Maxx. Well, I think TJ Maxx is a scam. Because they come across like they're Ross, Dress for Less, or whatever. Right. But everything, if you walk around, you kind of notice price changes, and think some things are the same price, and some things are different. They get the suckers to pay the full price. Well, dude, I got a little score. So we wanted a stainless steel um, turkey baster pan. Mm-hmm. It goes on the bottom, right? I didn't want one that was all covered in chemical crap. I just wanted regular. Give me a stainless steel pan. That's right. all I want. So it's like $60 at TJ Maxx. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to pay 60 bucks for a stupid turkey baster pan. I'm going to hold out and wait until a better deal comes along. And I just had this gut feeling in my in my stomach to wait. Be patient. Don't buy this thing, right? I even walked up to one of the employees. I said, you guys are like a discount store, right? And she's kind of like, yeah. I'm like, this is $10 more than, it's, than it is on Amazon Prime. <laughs> You're all like, calling them out. <laughs> I did. I did. I was like, what are you guys? Are Listen, you guys a minimum wage employee? Stop lying to me. <laughs> They're like, I just work here. I was like, you guys are marking up the prices and claiming your discount store. Shame on you. <laughs> Happy holidays. So then, this is awesome. So, so Sam's like, okay, I'm, you can stand in line and pay for this crap, and I'll go to Target. So we go walk around Target, and literally, get this, Matt. There's a small little section at Target, 50% off, little end cap. And there's stainless steel... Turkey baster pans for fifteen ninety nine. Wow, no joke, dude. Wow, take Grab that, that sucker. Take that, TJ Maxx. Yeah, we're but on anyway, to you. We're on to you. But I think if you learn how to consume right, if you have better, if you don't have that, I gotta have it right now mentality. Good things come to those right. who wait. Right. right, right, exactly. Well, and that leads us to the topic of the day, which is with our friend John Schneck who we know from various yeah. uh, different places in the world. And let's bring him on. Let's, let's introduce him and talk to John about minimalism. John Schneck, we pretty much had every former member of Reliant K or, or current member of Reliant <laughs> K on our podcast. So Those guys are easy. Well, I, think, I think we just need Ethan Luck and um, John Warren, and then we're, we're so complete. for those of our um, listeners who don't know, John Schneck uh, played for years in the band Reliant K, the deep and dirty well of former Reliant K members. <laughs> deep and dirty well, dirty. We've well. spent uh, we spent a, a lot of time with you on the road, hanging out, 
We really, really uh, yes. like you as a person, and we're happy to have you on the show. Oh, thank you um, so much. For those, yeah, how does a minimalist though play so many instruments? Yeah, I was right, gonna say it? that's kind of oh, antithetical to your your movement here. Yes, I did play a lot of things for for the band. I played um, keys, guitar, banjo. I remember banjo, Glocken, Glockenspiel, acoustic. I did a lot of fun you did things. Auxiliary I had, I had a good time. Yes, I did. Uh, I played the tambourine. I played uh, a sleigh bell or two in my day. <laughs> we had a we had a great time back then. So you work today as a nonprofit digital marketer, as per your Twitter bio, and uh, <laughs> and you uh, what do you <laughs> never believe anything on the internet? And, and you yeah. and you write a blog at minimalist.today, which is why I wanted to bring you on because I was getting your blogs yes. in. Um, in, in the Medium app on my phone, and every time you posted something, I would read it, and I was like, man, this is really interesting, uh, talking about minimalism and what it means. So I guess, can you just, for the listeners, explain uh, what minimalism is, maybe what it isn't, and what it means to be a minimalist uh, in 2016? Yeah, that that is an interesting question. Um, there is a, a movement that's happening um, uh, a simple, you know, some will call it minimalism. Some will say the simplicity movement. Um, it's uh, it's basically just a time to look at your possessions, what is um, around you, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Take a an inventory of your life, if you will, and get rid of anything that a is unnecessary. B, that uh, doesn't add value to your life. Um, and C, that gets in the way of pursuing um, whatever it is that you want to pursue. So it's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure movement. There, there really aren't any rules other than simplify to achieve your goals. This is so in line with what Don't Feed the Trolls, our podcast, is about, which is really about overcoming your inner trolls um, and creative blocks to do the thing that you feel passionate about doing in the world. Whatever it is, whether it's creating you know, community, um, a, mm-hmm. a good family experience, or if it's actually creating art or, or any sort of creation. We feel like everyone is here to create something, and so much can get in the way. And, and the way that we refer to those blocks is trolls inner trolls outer trolls people yeah. who are trying to hold us back and in this way minim, uh, the minimalist approach is is kind of looking around at stuff as a distraction from your purpose or your calling and and trying to clear some stuff out of your life um, to mm-hmm. free up time and, and stuff like that so and stuff like that <laughs> so what? Literally. So, <laughs> so what's like if someone's looking around their life and they're like, you know what? I have some stuff I want to do. And maybe it's not even motivated by that. But they're like, well, I have a question totally before this, before we get all way into this. You collect comic books. How can you be a mi- minimalist and collect comic books? That's what I want to know right away, right off the top. Let's dive in. I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell me about so, it. So you're sensing a contradiction. I am. I'll say two things to that point. Point number one. I actually don't collect comic books anymore, but I do have a lot of comic books. I have hundreds and okay. hundreds of comic books. Okay. Um, but point number two, I think that minimalism isn't 
completely about physical things. Um, so it's I not think like that, owning a tiny home and having one pair well, of shoes. It it can be, but okay. it doesn't have to be. Um, there there are a, a duo that are that call themselves the minimalist, and th- their sort of tagline is, "Does it add value to your life?" Right. Um, okay. And and I think the point, my at least my point of minimalism, my my journey is to get rid of the things that don't add value to my life to make room for the things that do. Um, and so, so what I'm doing in specifically with my comic book collection is, um, on Instagram, I'm actually going through and taking a picture. I try to do it every day, but I don't, I don't get around to it, but I try to take a picture of a comic book every day. And what I'm doing is I'm basically archiving them and it's giving me an opportunity to go back through them and read it and spend a few minutes with each one, take a picture of it, put it on Instagram, do, put a little tag on it that says, hey, this is my book of the day. It's, you know, whatever it may be, Superman 75, Death of Superman. Um, and then I give a little synopsis, and then I put it back, and then that's sort of that's sort of my last um, relationship with that comic book. And once I finish going through all of them, then I'm going to get rid of them. Wow. Really? Um, I think so. You know, I I don't collect them anymore. They're just, to be honest with you, they're just too expensive. Um, I mean, they're they're like three or four dollars a book nowadays, and there's so many that I want to read. And but that's one of the things is. Let me back up a little bit. Defining an, another way to define minim, minimalism is set a few goals. Set a few very attainable goals. One of the number one goals in my life was to spend more time with my kids. Mm. So. Uh, I have three kids, nine, well, almost nine, six and two, um, and I, I work nine to five, so I don't have a lot of time to spend with my kids. I've got the, the two or three hours when I get home from work, and then I have Saturday and Sunday, which are typically chock full of events anyways, right. soccer practice, school events, whatever mm-hmm. we want to do. So one of my main goals of minimalism is to try to find a way to spend time with my kids, so as that's my goal, and then say, what is getting in the way of that goal? So it's potentially, let's just say comic books, for instance. Say I spend two hours every Saturday going to the comic book store and you know, browsing through comic books. Is that adding value to my life towards my goal of spending time with, more time with my kids? And if the answer is no, then I just get rid of it. Right. Or if... Uh, in terms of actual physical things, one of the goals I set was to never be more than 10 minutes away from a clean house. And I don't, I don't mean clean, like deep scrubbed clean, but I mean like my house is picked up and I don't have to worry about it. Right. You know, if, if I have so many things in my home that my kids can destroy my house and it'll take me three hours to get back to where I can relax and not have to worry about it, then that's yeah. going to take time away. That takes time away from, from me spending time, quality time with my kids. So do you minimize not, Do you minimize the amount of toys that they are allowed to own then? So what I've done is I've set boundaries with the, with the space that their toys can occupy. So th- it's sort of like they can have whatever they want so long as X, Y, Z. It fits. Um, it fits, yeah. um, and it's not 
you know, we're, we're still going through that process. We've done a lot of, um, a lot of getting rid of stuff, a lot of donating. And, you know, another one of the good things about this is it, it it gives me and, and my wife an opportunity to teach our kids about generosity, the value of things. You know, we live in a disposable consumeristic society where everything is everything is disposable like literally everything is disposable your clothes your toys you know every time you go to target you got to get something yeah like a turkey baster pan yeah like i just told the story about that (laughs) i was walking through i was walking through uh tj maxx today and i had this thought i stopped in the aisle and i just kind of stood there for a second i said i wonder of all this shit in this place right now What's still going to be in someone's possession in 20 years? And I wondered if, like, everything could, like, turn to trash or still be, like, physical. Like, if you could see how much of it would be in a landfill and how much of it wouldn't be. And I thought, yeah. I thought probably mostly all of this stuff in here that everyone's rushing around to buy is going to be in a landfill in 20 years. And what are we, what are we doing what right are we now? Doing that's, that's, how, that's how I yeah. think. And I think I have an overwhelming feeling when it comes to stuff like i i'm really big on efficiency and when things aren't efficient they bother yeah. me and consumerism most of consumerism is just not efficient the way we do it the way it's set up um can you speak to some of that because that's a problem for me that that creates a lot of decision fatigue for me like i just don't know how to i don't know how to deal but, yeah, with that i'm not so naive that i don't think that we that we have to be consumers I'm not the kind of person who is a zero waste household or which is which sure. the, the people that are that's they're that's great. I mean I think that's awesome. It's not it's not for me, but it's for me it's more why am I buying this? Like what's like what's the point of me owning this? And is it to add value to my personal life or add value to my family or is it to project or is it to create a persona you know i did a I did a blog on this um on my website minimalist.today um <laughs> the other day and it was a it was and nate you probably remember this matt you probably do too but i had an absurd absurd amount of guitars when i was in reliant k yeah, and i i mean at, at one point you know i was carry just carrying on the road probably 12 or 13 guitars real like looking back you know i was projecting a persona of who i wanted to be it was i want to be the guy with all the guitars i want to be i want to be gear guy i want to sit and talk about gear and i want fans to look at me see that's why i wanted to play the bass (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it was like one pedal one cable and one yeah, I still only own barely any strings. I, I still only own <laughs> one electric guitar. So, John, you, uh, yeah. it, that I, I run on efficiency too, kind of like Nate. And I wonder, and we'll talk a little bit about this about how touring lifestyle might have informed a bit of our just natural minimalism. But what I want to talk about is what are some things outside of the guitars and the like in the last couple of years that you've gotten rid of um, that you just you know, when you started this whole process, like what are, what are some stuff that you've parted ways with and how did you do that? Um, personally, I have, I've gotten rid of most, all of my things. Um, I have 
clothes. I have a few a few pair of shoes, and that's really about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have a computer, Come on. a phone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I have a computer and a phone. I mean, I have the things that the daily essentials. Um, and I mean, I'm talking well, how about many guitars. Do you have left? I so I kept uh, four guitars. I kept one for me, and I kept one that I could give to each one of my kids. Oh, cool! If they That's if cool. if they ever want a guitar, they'll have one. And if they don't want it, they can sell it or do whatever they want with it. But but I kept enough. Out of curiosity, um, what one did you keep for yourself? Uh, you know, I haven't actually decided which oh, really? one. Still hanging on to all four. I, I, <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I I assume my my nine year old. I'll let him pick which one he wants first. Yeah. And then we'll just go from there. I mean, I don't. I have two, I have two young girls. I don't know if they'll ever want want to play one. I have a Strat that I that I'll probably keep because I just really love Strats. Yeah, I got one too. Um, yeah. but so yeah, I've, I mean, I've gotten rid of pretty much everything else. Now, family I, household items. I mean, I still have. I still own kitchen utensils and plates and and things like that. But in terms of like personal items. You know, I don't really have much, I, and and I can I continue to find things, you know, around and the things that I do still own, like my comic book collection. I'm I'm making an effort to let them go. Right. Some some there there are a few possessions like that that I that are dear to me, and they do add value to my life. When I look at them, I am happy, and you know, I say, oh man, this is a great memory. This is. Great art. I love to read these stories. Right. I grew up on these characters, you know, and that's something that I can actually step away from whatever I'm doing, and it actually does add value to my life. Right. Having said that, I don't have a big home, and I've got a bunch of them, and I could use. I would. I, I yeah. could use the space. Right. Do you feel like a a bigger space though requires you to that space needs to be occupied by some material possession? Like so, if you have negative space, spaces you- is is key to me. I, I much prefer a, a room with, with just a bed in it. Like if I could get rid of all my furniture, I probably would. Hmm. It's, it's, it's one, like I, I, I was reading an article the other day and, and someone said like minimalism is either one of those things that goes in one ear or out the other, or it's something that holds on to you and just like clings to you with everything you look at. And ev- like, it just, it becomes your lifestyle. Right. And I really do feel that way. It's, you know, people will, will say, I don't get it. Like, why are you doing this? Why, why don't you want, what's wrong with stuff? And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with stuff, but. Is it getting in the way? It's getting, it's getting in the way. Okay, so how do you deal with, but how do you deal with like being married or and you have two different people buying and consuming things because every guy out there it seems like most men i know don't like to buy junk like and this well, might get I'll... stereotypical but it seems like a lot of my friends are like oh man she went to shopping she came home with 10 bags and clothes and mm-hmm. it, it seems to be a fight right so like so i accidentally married a my, my wife would ne- would never say that she's a minimalist because she's not really. That's not her lifestyle. But in terms of shopping and things like that, my wife is she's she's an essentialist. I'll put it that right. way. And she would say that I I hold the the reins too tightly when it comes to 
things. But having said that, she's she's also very tight when it comes to 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 what we need. Um, I can't think of the last time she bought anything for herself. <laughs> like I'm I'm being serious. So wait, so um, how much of minimalism is tied to frugality then? Like, are, is it is it about uh, decluttering your ex- your budget and your expenses? Or absolutely, and then also, so, like, are you selling those comics when you get rid of them? Are you trying to make money on so, them? So, to me, it goes back to your goals. Like, you have to have you have to have a reason to to do this. All, all you, if you, if you just want to get rid of your stuff and just get a dumpster and throw your, you know, rent a construction dumpster, throw all your, all your stuff away. But yeah. then the next day you're going to wake up and you're probably going to go to the store and just buy more stuff. Right. So it's it's not about it's not necessarily just about things. It's about it's about clearing your head. It's about not thinking about. I mean, for instance, in my pursuit of purchasing guitars, and I'm just using this because it's a relative example to our lifestyles. But purchasing guitars, I would spend so much time on Reverb and eBay and Craigslist. I mean, hours a week, literally hours a week. Right. And just looking at things that I didn't didn't even want, like I knew I would never buy them. Yeah. And I would just shop, and and then I would think. Then then these thoughts would fill my head. How what what do I have that I don't need laying around that I could sell that I could get that? And what what could I offer this guy on trade for that guitar? Because I know that if I had that guitar, then I could trade this other guy that lives down the street for his amp hmm. and I, th- I thought about that stuff and it kind of consumed the mental me. expenditure and all along you're not it's, really playing guitar very much <laughs> yeah uh, a i'm not playing guitar very much but b it's just it's consuming so much of my life yeah yeah and now now that i've cut that out i've just decided i'm not gonna buy anything sure like I, i'm not gonna buy anything i buy i don't buy anything except for groceries you know groceries and soap and <laughs> Um, you know, I buy my kids stuff, <laughs> the essentials. Do you feel like a lot of like the reality TV shows now are changing the landscape of how we consume? Because it seems like every time you turn around, it's like history channels all about like American pickers and all this stuff, like getting junk and, uh, the Las Vegas guys that are the, the auction guys and the, and the, um, the fixer uppers, yeah. everything's just consumer driven. Is that... So, well, I was just like, that's more about treasure hunting, right? Like, and that's kind of collecting, which is like you're looking for that yeah. treasure all the time. But for 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 when and, you, that one time that you find the treasure, you've spent yeah. you spent a decade looking, <laughs> wasting your time. And I I still want to clarify the point that there's nothing wrong with having hobbies and you know collecting things. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's it's just does it get you closer to your yeah, goal. Does it come at the and expense of your goals? Well, if your goal was to be like the gear guy that sells all the gear to all the musicians in all of Nashville, then it might make sense to be the Craigslist guru, right? Because you want yeah. to be the guy, the go-to gear guy. But that's not really what you, you seem like your goal was. You were just sort of you were sort of just addicted to getting more gear, right? Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Um so there was no and, ultimate end to that purpose. Yeah, there's really no point. 
other than just to have. And then it kind of reflected about what did that say about me? And, and what is that, you know, what does that say about the person that, I, that I'm trying to be? Am I trying to be this guy who just has a bunch of stuff just to have it? Or am I trying to be a guy who has the stuff so that I can be a better guitar player? And yeah. you guys know, you guys probably know Mark Townsend. Yeah. But he, one day we were having a conversation at his, at his place and he's like, he's like, Schneck, why do you have so many guitars? He's like, you know, you can only play them one at a time, right? <laughs> and I was like, man, to me, that statement has always stuck in my head as, a, as an extremely profound statement because if I would have spent half the time that I spent like wheeling and dealing guitars as I did practicing guitars, then I would be a much, much better guitar player. You know what I mean? And it's like the point, the point in my profession was to, was to create music and to hone a skill and to perform. And that's not where I put my effort because things were getting in the way of that pursuit. Hmm. And it's one of those things that I didn't realize it at the time, but I realize it now. And that's one of the, the roads that have, have led me to minimize. Kind of, but how do you know, how do you know when like a pursuit though, something you want when your ultimate goal is sort of counter, it's sort of, it kind of contradicts the idea and the spirit of minimalism. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It seems like there needs to be more rules than that, than just... What are your What are your goals? Because mm-hmm. I because I feel yeah, like we, I, in America I, we're so we can't even see it. We can't even see that we're consuming something on the way to consume something on the way to consume something consuming something <laughs> in the process. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I think just stopping and asking yourself before before you do anything is does what I'm about to do add value to my life? It could be Facebook. It could be when you sit down and you open up your MacBook Pro and you're dark in your bedroom and it's like, I have two choices right now. I can go to sleep or I can spend three hours watching YouTube videos. Like, which one of those is going to add value to my life? Right. Yeah. And, and that's different, maybe for, it's that's, the, yeah, and, it's different for every person. And it's different. Yeah. Maybe it's the YouTube video, but it's asking yourself that question does you know you walk into target you know you walk around and you see these things and it's like oh man i could i could use that and say but does this like does this add value to my life what is the why am i purchasing this and that's really to me like the heart of of minimalism is just understanding the reason behind your purchases yeah making sure that it adds value to your life I feel like i naturally do that already and i kind of attribute it to the fact that i did live on the road, out of a backpack for many years, like, and and Christy was with us on 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 our first you know first year of touring, and so she did too. And then also we've moved several times, which I think every time you you move you take inventory. It forces you to take inventory mm-hmm. of all your stuff, and you realize like the yeah. third time you move that box and you didn't touch it, the you know in three moves you it did not get opened, but you keep moving it. You kind of realize at that point, I don't need this. Um, yeah, I'm going to get rid of it. And I think that kind of that lifestyle, that touring lifestyle of I can live out of my backpack. If I put underwear and a t-shirt in my backpack with socks, um, you know, if I put a few changes, I can go anywhere in my backpack and be totally comfortable. And you sort of pare your Mm -hmm. life down to that level. And that sort of informs 
the way I live now almost. It's stuck with me, even though I'm not on the road. Um, do you think any of the minimalist or essentialist aspects of your life now were informed by um, travel and tour? Yeah, I think so. Um, one of the things that has always stuck with me, and I've, I'm even doing it more so now, is what I call the daily uniform. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that's something that was always with me on the road too. But even now, I, I have the luxury of, of working at a job where there really is no dress code. I mean, it's, it's, I don't have to wear a suit and a tie or anything to my office. And I can, I can yeah. wear jeans and a t-shirt. And I've basically gotten my wardrobe down to where I just have about 10 plain colored t-shirts and jeans. And I just, that's what I wear every day. How does that help with decision fatigue? I mean, that's what people say is like, if you're trying to minimize decision fatigue, you have to make a lot of choices in one day. You know, Steve Jobs wore the turtlenecks every day because he didn't want to have to decide what he was going to wear. Found something he liked, bought 10. Yeah, that's totally it. It's getting rid of the decisions to add time to my morning. And this is another thing. It's like, I have 30 minutes tops with my kids in the morning. Right. Yeah. It's one of the things I love about them wearing school uniforms, to be honest with you, is we don't have to we don't have to go through the the charade of like, oh, I don't like the way this looks on me. Oh, what am I gonna wear to school? It's like they know exactly what they're gonna wear to school. They put it on when we go to you know, go to the breakfast table. And I'm trying to get to the same place where I own two pairs of jeans, I own a couple shoes, and I own black gray and blue t-shirts uh, like 10 of them total <laughs> yeah sounds like and me. i just i open up my drawer and i grab one of them i put my jeans on and i pick between a pair of boots and a pair of sneakers and it's done and i don't have to think about what i'm gonna wear what I don't, goes with what because it all matches with everything matches with itself. it all yeah it all matches i feel like i've always been that, that way myself yeah and, and that easy. just goes to adding time you know, minimalizing your, A, your possessions, yes, but B, your choices so that you have more time to spend with your family, which everything that I do, I try to make a conscious effort to point back to that goal. I don't want people to think that minimalism is like martyrdom, where it's like, oh, you have things? Oh, poor you. You don't, you're not enlightened enough to know you don't (laughs) need them. I don't think that at all. Um, I love things. I love playing video games with my son. We have a lot of video games. Yeah. But those are th- that is a way, that is a thing that can bring me and my son together. Right. You love things, just so not that, useless, pointless things. You love things that add value to your life. Exactly. And, the, and that, is, that is one thing that I can connect with my son, and we can do that together, and it brings us together. But it's, it's, not, uh, you know, it's not crazy, elaborate. It's just we got video games. We, it's something we can do together, and that adds value to both of our lives. So, therefore, that's something that's worth having in our home. Well, it Um, seems like in our culture, no matter anyone who takes a stand on something, like say you don't want to eat something or you don't want to purchase something, it's like immediately everyone's offended. Um, Yeah, it is. Minimalism is very offensive. (laughs) You don't worship the same God I do, then you're a pagan. (laughs) Well, like capitalism. Well, for instance, okay, let, let let me apply this to my own life. One of my goals in life is to get rid of toxic things in my life, in my space, right? Mm-hmm. I have a big thing on toxic stuff. So before this episode started, I talked about buying a stainless steel turkey pan instead of a uh, one that's coated in chemicals. And instead of getting a plastic turkey baster, I have a stainless steel one because I don't 
I don't like the plastic chemicals and all that stuff. It's just one of my things. But if I start talking about that to someone, they go, dude, don't push your cr- really? Don't push your yeah, feelings on me. Yeah. I'm like, well, hey. If don't you judge wanna, me, bro. Yeah, if you want to get, you know, 200 degree syrup and uh, or a turkey juice and squirt it all over your nice turkey with a plastic thing, that's cool. But I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't want that. Like, I have yeah. read a lot about toxic chemicals in our environment, all this different stuff. But people, I guess, what do you do when people go, bro, you are ridiculous? You know, like, how do you, that's a troll to me. I go, dude, this is my life. These are my decisions. Uh, so that's how my wife started out. Um, that's how my kids started out on this. And, uh, you know, I'll say my wife and kids still totally aren't. I wouldn't consider them minimalist, but they have seen the change in my life. Okay. At least my my wife has said that she has, where she can notice a difference about me because of minimalism. So I'm calmer. I have more time. Instead of wasting time on Facebook when we're laying in bed at night, I'll turn to her and we'll have a conversation. Those sorts of things. So... Those sorts of moments open the door to say it's because of minimalism that I'm making this progress in my life emotionally or spiritually or just as a as a person. Uh, and I think it's the same way as like like veganism. It, you know, I I knock my vegan friends, and it you know it's a funny Facebook meme or whatever where your vegan friends just proselytize about how veganism is the only true religion in in the world, and yeah. Until you notice a real change in someone who's a vegan or a vegetarian or whatever it is, you know, you don't see them for three months and you say, oh man, you look great. Right. Like you have, your skin literally looks really good. You've lost a lot of weight. Like what, what have you doing? Oh, remember that time I was telling you about veganism? And then it opens the door to where you can actually have a real conversation right. about why you're doing something. Same thing with minimalism. It's like, so for instance, running, I've started running. And it all goes back to eliminating the things that don't add value to my life and inserting the things that, that do. So I freed up so much time that I have more time to do things. So like me and my son will go jogging in the morning now together. We'll wake up and we'll go jogging in the morning. And that's been like such an awesome connection that we've had. Um, like it's unbelievable how much he'll open up to me as we're jogging around our neighborhood as opposed to when we're sitting in the car he won't say anything but when we're on the jog he wants to tell me about what he learned in school and he wants to tell me he feels like we're doing something together he feels like we're connected and then i'll tell someone a story about that and say oh that's cool and i'll say yeah i think it's attributed to my pursuit of minimalism and then that'll open the door to be able to relationally tell someone about your journey or whatever as opposed to just walking in someone's house and be like oh you have so much stuff. You should try. You should try. Whatever minimalism. you do, don't be an elitist. Do things because they're right for you. Don't do things because you or, want everyone else to do them. I'll say this: people have come over to our place in the last couple months, and they'll say, "Oh, you're like it's so nice in here. It feels so calm." And I personally think it's because there's not much in right. it. It's like when you go to a hotel. There's nothing in the hotel room, and it feels clean, freeing. Yeah. It feels clean. It feels freeing. It's like when you get in a rental car. Right. Like there's nothing, there's nothing, literally nothing in the car. Right. There's nothing in it. But you, 
just you. By you. Yeah. Yeah. But at what point in the argument of minimalism do you ban plastic bags? You know what I mean? Like, at they what point do you make some They wants you to champion his cause. It's not about free. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I just think that, no, everyone in society is starting to realize plastic bags are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I, th- I think that that's... And they're uh, getting banned left and right everywhere, slowly. Yeah. But everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah, we shouldn't do this thing we do mm-hmm. every day. Well, so one thing I can say to that is, what is one thing that piles up more than most things in your home? Plastic bags, especially if you save them to use as can liners for your bathrooms or whatever. People save plastic bags and you end up having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bags like you have a plastic bag that's full of wadded up plastic bags on hangers in your closet like 10 hangers full of plastic bags that have plastic bags in them. I turn I turn them and into like, planters and and grow trees in them just kidding Yeah but that but that is one Toxic. that is one way you can Toxic. you can argue for environmental things for, with minimalism and say hey I don't want all these plastic bags in my house in my landfill whatever right. it may be and you grab a either a paper bag or you grab, you know, a cloth bag and take it to the grocery. So you, you know? kind of just answered my next question, but I guess I'll just ask like, and maybe you'll answer it again. But I just wanted to know like, how is your life better now? If you could point to what, the way your life was before, before oh. you started paring things down and really trying to open it up, open up time uh, for your family. How is your life better now as opposed to uh, before when you weren't into minimalism? The first thing I'll say to that is. I don't think that minimalism is like a cure-all for anything. Religion. I don't think I, I don't think that it's a a it'll fix your you know all your problems. But the way that it's helped me is it's made me much more conscious about the decisions I make, about the purchases that I make, about the things that I own and the reasons that I own them. Um, it's made me more aware of my faults. When it comes to turning away my kids when they come to play with me and stopping right then and saying, why did I just do right. that? Oh, it's because I'm checking Facebook. Yeah. That So ding, ding, ding. Facebook is taking away from my number one goal right. of spending time with my kids. So I need to take away that thing that's not adding value and pursue what yeah, is. You're talking about awareness, like just self-awareness. It's complete self-awareness. And even so much as my schedule, you know, like how, how is, how is my schedule affecting my, my wife and my kids? Can I, can I do something that I would normally do at the end of the day at work? Can I go home and do it later? If that lets me eat dinner with my family, like is, is what I'm doing here 100% necessary to be here to do it? Or can I leave at a reasonable time and have dinner with my family and then maybe do it? at nine when my kids go to bed it's really just self self-awareness is a really good way to put it it sounds like it's a it's a sort of an awakening of all things spiritual physical mental yeah I remember the other day i was driving down the street and i saw this brand new rolls royce pull out of the sonic burger drive-thru and i thought that's crazy that guy's driving a seventy-five thousand dollar car and putting a dollar burger in his belly <laughs> like mm. The priorities are so backwards. Like I'm yeah. the kind of person who would rather drive the dollar car that doesn't <laughs> right. affect me and put the seventy five thousand yeah. dollar burger in my body. And yeah. I think it's all about as priorities. Americans 
but that guy is going to listen to this podcast and go, Psh, whatever, dude. I'm just going to, I'm off to make more money. I don't have Maybe time. the Rolls Royce adds going... value to his life, though. It's everybody has different level of priorities. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, that's always the, the part of this where I go, it sounds like minimalism is sort of like a spiritual rebirth in some ways. Right. Like you're waking up. I would say that that's true. I really would. I, I would say that it, that it has, that it, I have had some sort of awakening. It sounds silly when you say it out loud. But, and it's one of those things that you just, when you're in it and you, you're in the pursuit, everything is slower, everything is intentional, everything makes a little bit more sense. Hmm. You have a, re, you can, when someone asks you, why are you doing that? You have an answer because you've already thought about it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like for, for my kids this year, whenever they were making their Christmas list, I, I kind of made them add a value system to each one of the things that they asked for. And whenever I made them think about how to value their items that they wanted, they they whittled it down themselves. And they said, you know what? I probably wouldn't play with that very long, but I would probably play with this a lot longer. So I'm going to put this on my I list. I read the blog you wrote about that, and I want to tell our listeners about it. Um, if you go to minimalist.today... There's a blog on there called I Had My Kids Do These Five Things Before Putting Anything on Their Christmas List. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And I noticed you had very helpful value sheets, idea lists, and stuff that yeah. people could print out to um, to work through their kids' Christmas list. But I, I thought was really helpful, and it got me thinking about my own kids. So if anyone wants to check that out, uh, it's a pretty cool resource on yeah. your blog. So I just wanted to give you Thanks a little plug there. That. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but it, it's really, you, you can do minimalism how you want to do it. You know, if, if it means getting rid of everything in your home and you sit in your home with just a couch and nothing else, and that's what adds about the most value to your life, then, then that's fine. If it's when you're at a restaurant and instead of ordering fries, you order fruit, then that's also to me, minimalism. Right. It's it's cut. It's cutting yeah. out the things that necessary calories. That yeah. It's it's cutting wow. out the things that don't add value and and putting the things that do. Nate would I argue think, that. Yeah. But. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's just under. It's it's kind of like taking inventory of everything, um, right? In your life, and 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 there were so many times I did eat burgers and shakes and fries and guzzle it all down and didn't think twice about what it was doing to my body, what it was doing to my spirit, what it was doing to my brain, my my thighs, <laughs> all this stuff. You know what I mean? Lovely but, thighs, uh, by the way. It, but, but now, like, I haven't eaten at a fast food restaurant, and I can't remember the last time. And I'm not trying to say, like, oh, I'm this great person, but it's just like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I just, I don't want to put that in my body because I value my body more now. And I, in the last three or four months, I've been on a long health, train of transformation almost to the extreme and i'm kind of learning to come back a little bit so have you kind mm -hmm. of my last question is if you've gone a little extreme and then go okay i need to come back a little bit i need to kind of reevaluate. I, I i don't want this to become like uh some sort of cult yeah i don't think i've hit that point yet okay. um I, I honestly think that i still am living in excess of what i need yeah um what are, right one of my main goals is to is just to get our household spending under control like i said we don't buy things a lot but we we eat out a lot yeah um we 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 don't keep a good enough track of our money to where 
we know exactly where every dollar's going. And that's that's like the next phase of this that I'm really going to try to get our spending down and minimize our outflow hmm. um, and try to save more, try to invest more, that sort of stuff. Um, as, as far as things, getting rid of things, I feel like I've, I've been fairly extreme about it. But having said that, I feel freer. I don't have to worry about caring for my right. things. I don't have to worry about upkeep. I don't have to worry about losing them. I don't, and I also don't have to worry about trends. I'm not worried about fashion. Um, so there's a lot of added value there personally by getting rid of, by getting rid of things. I, right. In a way, I think, I think eliminating is, is freeing for me anyway. I prefer a, a very open space and a very uncluttered life um, physically. So Lindsay and I have one, one bookshelf that's about shoulder high. And maybe shoulder width, just a as it's wide enough to fit a record player on top of it, um, and that's all the books and records we have in our house anymore. Hmm. I mean, we got rid of bins and bins of books, and I don't miss them. Hmm. You know, that was one of the things for me where I was projecting. Like I had books that I never read, I knew I was never going to read, but they were the kind of books that I wanted people to see when they walked into my home. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I'm I'm yeah, serious. Yeah. Uh, rec- records too. I had records that that when people looked through my record records, I wanted them to see a record, even though I didn't care for the songs on it and I didn't care for the artist. <laughs> but it was just like one of those records that you should have. Everybody should have that right. record. Um, you know, so I I literally have probably a half a shelf of books now, um, and I probably will end up getting rid of most of those because, you know, I I kind of kept my like life changers, right? My life changing books, the ones that. I might reread, or if someone walks over to my place and we have a conversation, I can give it to right. them. I can say, hey, this book changed my life. But I'm learning that the things that I'm getting rid of, I don't miss them. It's, some of them have been hard to let go. But then, and, and I always, I always kind of use this idea. If something that I have, say it's like a book or something, was 15 bucks, and I had $15, would I go buy that book? And if the answer is no, then I don't, then I don't need it. Yeah. And right now it's very about living in the present moments. Like that might've been useful to me at some point, but right now it's just taking up space. If I had 15 bucks, I wouldn't buy it right now. I already read it. Right. Or even a book that I didn't right. read or anything, any, you can use that with anything. Right. You know, I've used it with a guitar you know, it's like, if I'm going to sell this guitar, if I, if I could sell it for 500 bucks, if I had 500 bucks, would I go buy this guitar? Is this the thing that I would go spend my $500 on right now? And if the answer is no, then it's gone the next day. That's an interesting tool. It's, I think that's helpful. But what do you, what do you say, what do you say to like, okay, I'm the kind of guy that'll buy one pair of shoes basically and wear them until they fall off. I bought a pair of $20 Nike shoes a year ago and and there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, you need these shoes for this event and these shoes for this event. And I've always just been the kind of guy that just, I'll just wear shoes until they fall off and then get another pair. Do people look at you like, John Schneck, you look kind of homeless. What's <laughs> yeah. going on, man? Like, And you're just like, I got the sweater at Goodwill. It was three bucks. It fits <laughs> fine. It's fine on me. What's the, you know? Are you- I think so. Um, I, I, I don't wear ratty clothes. I mean, the, the T-shirts that I have are, are good quality T-shirts. And they're not, you know they're not faded and they. But who cares if they were a little bit? Raggedy. No, that's it's true that it's true, but it's more about, um, you know, having fewer 
uh, fewer better things. But if um, you wear one pair of shoes, they just get ratty. Is my point? Like they just that's true. Wear out. And I I haven't been able to to get rid of the the shoes as as much because I do feel like there there are shoes that serve different purposes. Like I <clears throat> I have a pair of boots, sure, like Doc Doc Martin boots. But you're not gonna wear boots, and I can't wear those to the time. I can't wear those to run, right? And I can't. And then I have my running shoes, but I don't want to work in the yard in my running shoes so i have a pair of yard shoes right but other other than that i don't really have much more but i i think if you had you know 50 pair of shoes right you're then i think that there's you're not there's wearing a possibility 45 that, of those pairs yeah <laughs> i mean unless like people collect jordans like if that's right. your thing if, if your goal in life is to get the biggest jordan collection sure. because when you see that collection of jordans you pick each one up and you're like man this is the you know, Jordan seven from 1997. And it's awesome. And I remember that year whenever they were, you know, playing the Pistons and it was whatever it may be. Like if that's your thing, then go for it. Like there's totally nothing wrong. Right. Well, what I love about this conversation is that it is about self-awareness, which we have talked about a lot on trolls, just being aware of ourselves and our habits. And what are we really doing here? Are we doing the thing that is giving us freedom in our life and adding value. And this minimalist uh, mentality really seems to be motivated by that same thing, just trying to figure out what what it is that I value and then organizing my life accordingly around that. And that's why I really like it. And also, I think another thing we talk about on this podcast a lot is, is having gratitude and the just, I guess, the positive, you know, social and spiritual and psychological effects that gratitude has on our lives. And so just being aware of what we have and, uh, and being thankful for it. Like if you have Mm -hmm. a house and a refrigerator and these very basic things that you almost can't even notice if there's so much other clutter and stuff you don't need on top of it. And almost like, it feels like if you clear all that stuff away, you can be thankful for your one bookshelf. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right you know yeah and the gratitude yeah, it's comes. funny I, I i find myself you know when whenever you get rid of the excess the things that remain um you value them much more mm. and that's one of the things i'm trying to teach my kids with their possessions is would you rather have five things that you really love and when you get home from school you you want to play with or would you rather have hundred things that you really don't care about Mm. and you know when you ask them the the question that and you start talking about it that they they always say the five things but it's so hard for the for them to let go of happy meal toys and it's so hard for them to to get rid of they they want to project for their friends too just like you're you want to project for yours you know yeah so my you know that's another one of my main goals with this is just to try to teach my kids that a what they have doesn't equal who they are right you are not your stuff yeah you are not your stuff mm-hmm. whether you have a lot or whether you have a little you are still valuable you are still a beautiful creature you are still loved mm-hmm. um and those are the the main points that i'm trying to teach my kids with their stuff and i'm probably a little bit overbearing at times <laughs> you know c- trying to pound that in yeah. But I think that it's that it's sticking. I think that they're understanding that um, experiences over things, um, t- 
time spent together is better than time alone playing with something that, you know, they don't really care for or yeah, whatever. Brilliant. And I think that's a beautiful sentiment right before Christmas to be thinking about time spent with family, experiences. Those things matter more than those gifts under the tree and the stuff we're going to pile up that we might not even play with or use. I think this is uh, this is a time of year where everybody kind of gets bombarded by consumerism. And maybe, you know, the New Year's coming up. Maybe it's time for some resolutions to pare things down and analyze what it is that gives us value in our life and see if we can make some changes to, you know, achieve those goals. I think this is a good time of year to have this episode come out, and I, I'm thankful that you were able to come on with us, John. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's, it's been great talking to you guys. Well, thanks yeah. uh, for listening. John Schneck is on Twitter at John Schneck. Very minimalist uh, Twitter handle. <laughs> it's uh, J-O-N-S-C-H-N-E-C-K, and he uh, also runs a brilliant blog, which which has a lot of resources that I've been reading, called Minimalist.Today. That's not .com. That's .today. So start your minimalist lifestyle today. Also, you can email us at don't email the trolls at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you if you got anything from this episode or you had some comments or questions. Please feel free to uh, to get at us. Twitter at TrollsPod, Instagram at TrollsPodcast. And uh, Merry Christmas to everybody if we don't get to you before then. Thanks for listening. Or just turn off your phone and don't take any of that advice. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Sit still.